This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. I'm delighted to introduce you to today's guest, Courtney Whitebay. Courtney Whitebay is an exercise physiologist currently living and working in the beautiful Hudson Valley of New York, USA. Her areas of focus are virtual personal training, in-home retreats, and somatic business coaching. As an exercise physiologist, she started her career in healthcare before creating her company, Hudson Valley Peak Performance, where she offers her one-of-a-kind somatic business coaching program, a blend of personal training and strategic business coaching. Courtney's passion is being present and available for her clients as they walk through their journey. She focuses on meeting her clients where they are with compassion and safety, helping people heal from and prevent major injury or illness is the major tenant of Hudson Valley Peak Performance's mission. When she isn't working with clients from nine to 96 years of age, Courtney is a mother of three and loves going on adventures with her friends and family. Please welcome Courtney. Hello and welcome back everyone. It's so good to be with you here today. And as you heard, I've got a really cool guest on today. Welcome Courtney, it's so good to have you here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yay, so listen, we're gonna get into things pretty quick here and I, I wanna just give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. Can you start us off with just sharing a little bit more about your backstory and you know what kind of what led you to doing the work you're doing now? Yeah, so um, I started out in the early days as a pre-med student in college, and I figured out, I think my senior year, that I learned the opposite way to everybody else. Uh-huh. So I knew I loved science, but I didn't really learn it very well from the bottom up. I learned better from the top down, so macro to micro. And when I took an exercise physiology class, um, I'd always been an athlete as well. So I took this ex-phys class and the math and the biology and the chemistry and the microbiology, all of it just clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And um, so I decided to actually go get my master's degree in that instead of going into actual medicine, medicine. And that did lead me back into clinical. So I did some cardiac stress testing, pulmonary stress testing, cardiac rehab for a while. And while I found that to be really, really valuable, I think that's something that we should all have access to for sure. Um, it, <laughs> it was honestly, for me, it was a little bit boring. I loved the patients, <laughs> um, but there wasn't very much creativity in that at all. I was, I was a little bit bored, um, which I could have gotten around, but I think what happened was that I was really frustrated. I wasn't influencing very much change. Mm. I saw my patients going through big struggle and I was giving them tests, but not so many tools. Um, Uh, I really wanted to be more involved with their aftercare and working in the healthcare system uh, that just wasn't possible. I mean, even, even things like we were a cardiac rehab program in some of my, my positions and people needed pulmonary rehab, which wasn't available. So sometimes doctors would actually try to fudge it so that they could get the cardiac rehab because they are very similar. 
Yeah. Um, and when there's not an, a pulmonary program, you know, slide into the cardiac one, it'll still give you those benefits. And uh, we actually had to screen that paperwork and kind of kick those people out, not let them in if they snuck in sometimes occasionally. Wow. I really just, yeah, it kind of just broke my heart. And, and then I had a baby and on top of just feeling really, uh, I don't know, just really downtrodden, upset, just that, I don't know, things, the system wasn't working the way it could and the way I wanted it to for the people that I saw. And then my paycheck didn't cover childcare. <laughs> well, that's a game changer right there. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people can relate to that too. And I just want to, I know that you have more in your story, but I just, I do want to go back to this idea that, you know, we do have, you know, compared to others, a pretty good health system, you know, at least in Canada where we are, but even in the States, you know, there's some challenges around privatization as it relates to healthcare as well. And I just want to take a minute to, you know, talk about that because I think a lot of people feel disheartened. I think a lot of people feel disappointed when they get into the system and then the system, well, it fails them. I'm just going to be honest, you know, and I think in some ways we're very blessed to have what we have, but I absolutely have seen this happen being in the healthcare system for a really long time. I've watched it over and over again. People that, you know, that go in, they, they try and get the help that they need and then they leave there feeling pretty helpless. And I, I think that you yourself, probably even as a practitioner, as a provider of care felt a bit helpless. Oh yeah. I felt totally helpless. I mean, I had this one God, I could cry actually just talking about it. I had this one woman, it was right after I had come back. So I did go back to work for a little, a little bit of time. And it was right after maternity leave. And the woman who had filled in for my maternity leave <laughs> ultimately got my job. Um, so that worked out well. But um, she and I kind of were tag teaming work because they, the company didn't really know what to do with both of us. And we had this patient come in and... I mean, what I was probably 26 or 27 at the time, still, I'll say very young, Yeah. Um, especially in terms of taking care of other people and being really, really mindful. I didn't have nearly as many skills as I do in that mindful, spiritual, what have you kind of way that I do now. And actually there's two things, but this woman, man, she just, she did not want to do it. The tests are a little bit scary. Um, pulmonary function tests, you need to have your mouth and your nose both covered and clipped and all this sort of stuff. And same thing with the exercise, but she really did not want to do it. And, you know, in that kind of time, like, you know, in the service industry, you often will feel really frustrated at the person for not accommodating you when you're trying to draw them, bring them through something. And then you kind of, the easy way out for your nervous system is just either just like not care or just let go. And I think that was one of the first times when I was like, okay, well, this is a letting go. Yeah. And I thought we were going to get in so much trouble because in the end, this woman refused to actually do the test, (laughs) refused. And she walked out and she wouldn't do it. And I was like, oh my God, you know, because we get paid per test. Well, the company, anyway, some of the people involved in this get paid per test, not us. But she, um, she wouldn't take it. And I I was at the point where I was kind of frustrated and I was just like, okay, whatever. I don't even care. 
before that, before that growth happened. And then I guess we had done something right though. There was enough of that like actual compassion coming through these two frustrated young girls who don't know how to deal with their own emotions, right? Yes. And are just frustrated and angry all the time. And she came back like an hour later and she took the test. She did come back about an hour later and she did take the test. And then we got a call from our boss. And at this point, we still thought we were just really up the creek. We thought we were really in trouble. And the call was actually just complete gratitude and amazement. This woman had actually called our hospital or whatever, our bosses, our managers, our doctors, whoever, and said how much that she appreciated what we had gone through with her because she knew she had had a difficult time mm. and it went up and down the chain and we ended up getting this call. I think we were getting like fired. Oh something. my, could you imagine here? Your perception is that, oh my gosh, we really pushed this woman and she's going to be upset and it's going to be bad and we're going to be in trouble. Oh. And the opposite happened. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes of sheer torture yeah. in terms of trying to convince an immovable object to do something. Yes, right. And, you know, like a toddler, <laughs> only it's a full-grown human being woman in her own power, right? Right, yeah. So obviously you can only do so much in that respect. And we thought that she was angry at us and we thought all of these things. And I mean, some of it was like PTSD from earlier years for me. I had one patient who literally, I'm not even kidding you for an hour and a half, every single time she could get that mouthpiece out of her mouth, she told me she hated me mm. every single time. Mm. I hate you. I don't want to do this. I hate this. I hate you. I can't believe you're making me do this. Mm. And it was just really really awful. Yeah. And it took a long time to realize that it, you know, that she's just expressing herself. These people are just expressing themselves and this is scary to them. And this is pain. This is, this is traumatic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard place to be a hard place to work. It was hard for me. It was hard for them. I felt helpless. They felt helpless. We all felt like we were failing. And I can't tell you how many times I told people there's no such thing as failing in this test. <laughs> <laughs> It's wow. literally impossible. It's not a pass fail. It's, um, it's the, you do the best you can. And then we tell you where your health is at. And that's yeah. all that is. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, obviously you had some really touching moments through that career, but in the end, you really just got bored. Well, it was, it was sort of boring. I probably would have stuck through it if it wasn't in so many different toxic environments. There was a lot of toxicity in the workplace. Honestly, the most insulted I've ever been as a human being and certainly as a professional was when I was essentially like giving the power to the physician, which is rightly theirs. I said, hey, I can't do this test unless you approve it. And she actually, even though she was a physician, she wasn't a cardiologist in the practice and she didn't know what to do. So she actually had to call her husband, who was the cardiologist. Okay. And I said, I can't do this unless you allow me to do this. I'm going to say, I, my opinion doing this every single day is that this should, this test should not be done at this time for his, this person's safety and for your liability essentially. And, um, she kind of kept going around in circles and then I was like, well, I can't do it unless you tell me I can. So just let me know after you see the patient and look at the file and whatever, and let me know you want to do. And she goes, she walks away from me and she goes, I know you can't only I can. 
Oh, I was like, I'm so sorry that I obviously insulted you. Um, but that was like a really rough thing for me too, that here I am a professional in my field trying to uphold the safety aspects of it, the legal aspects of it, protecting myself, protecting the patient, protecting the practice, which I was contracted into the practices. Like that didn't, had no bearing on me, but I was still, you know, ethically trying to protect the practices as well. And um, just being completely unappreciated. Her husband at one point, actually, I told him I had to leave on time one day to make it to a conference. And the rooms were really small. I was on the second or third floor. He walked into the room, shut the door, stood in front of it and said, do you know how much I pay to have you here? Mm. And he was like a 250 pound, six foot tall man. And there was no other way out of that room. Mm. And I was just like, okay. I was like, I don't what actually do, but um, yeah. Yeah. it's none of my business. It's not, you know, I'm not entitled to that information. <laughs> And I, I've done everything that I possibly can for you. And unfortunately, if you don't schedule your patients, I'm not required to be here late every single day, Mm. you know, and I have a conference to go to. I cleared it with my manager two weeks ago. I reminded you, I reminded him, I reminded the staff. Yeah, you did the thing. I just need to leave on time today. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Just on time. Just on time. Which is, which is truly your right. You know, um, you'll have to listen to the podcast we did with Ruth Van Weeks because she is an expert in workplace bullying and abuse. And I think you guys need to have a conversation. So I might, I got goosebumps. So spirits already. Called I know I did too, just now too. <laughs> See, I love I it. it. There's a reason why you felt compelled to share that story. And I guarantee you that there's people listening that are in positions or have been in positions in the workplace where they have felt mistreated, where they have felt belittled or degraded or whatever that might be. So I think it's really important that you share that. And I thank you for sharing that vulnerability with me as well. So ultimately though, you left that career, you started a family and now you're doing something that I think is really genius. Can you tell the listeners what you do now? Yes. So a couple bunny hops I I did. I left uh, clinical care and I had my daughter. She's now 10. And um, I got so stir crazy as a full-time stay-at-home mom. I started my own business, Hudson Valley Peak Performance, because I live in the Hudson Valley of New York State. Beautiful, beautiful place to live. Uh, Except for maybe in in March. But I, I really wanted to still use my skills. I really wanted to still um, work with people, talk to people, be an adult human being. So I started a personal training and health coaching business. And I did that because, you know, then I get to work with people on their health, their fitness, my athletic side kind of comes out, um, my degree totally covered all of that. And I could help people who generally... Um, wouldn't be able to see a personal trainer because personal trainers, you know, all you really need is a certification and a GED or high school diploma and bam, you're a personal trainer. But to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that's not safe for so many people. Um, There's so many people who need just a deeper guidance to make sure that they're moving properly, that they're just, I don't know, that they're taking their whole being into consideration. Yeah. I suited myself up with a sphygmomanometer. (laughs) (laughs) a blood pressure cuff and a stethoscope and all sorts of stuff like that and I tried to kind of carry my clinical into my regular practice which I have since let go 
of, um, not that I couldn't do it, but now I really just focus on trying to create whole body health, um, mind, body, family, all of that. And then, and then I started working with more and more entrepreneurs and of course, mompreneurs, um, for sure, women in business. And what ended up coming up during the personal training sessions was all about business. The conversation, if you've ever worked with a trainer before, you have conversation the whole way through. Otherwise, I don't even know what we would do with ourselves if we didn't talk. But the conversation was always turning towards where they were stuck in their business. And by this point, I had already been in business for nearly a decade. And I realized, you know, I had other friends in business and I just, I loved troubleshooting with them and throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what stuck and kind of like all of the development that I've been going through for this whole entire process started to come out and manifest as uh, as a more coaching consulting kind of a thing. Mm. And when you're exercising, all these ideas are coming out, the blood is flowing, you've got some great oxygen to your brain you're not, I don't know, you're, you're somehow not confined in a way, even though obviously you are sort of like, there's these walls that come down and you can look at things in different light. And so they were, they were coming to me and they were working out and they were doing their thing. And then they would be like, and I just can't figure this problem out. And as the exercise session went by, I noticed that it also kind of, The exercise session framework and the conversational framework and problem solving sort of just like followed each other. So we have the warm up, which ended up being a warm up and a brain dump, Mm -hmm. all the frustrations coming out, all of the questions, all of the, oh gosh, I'm stuck in this place. And then the exercise would start like the actual intentional exercise beyond the warm up, where, you know, you're more focused, you're working strategically on your body. And then the conversation turned to more strategy in your business. And then from there, you know, you start your cool down or your core work or both and stretching. And then it's like, okay, so how, now that we're like coming back together, we've done this hard work, right? We've done this strategy. How do we start to weave that all together as our body is cooling down, as we're, you know, stretching things out, creating more space in our bodies? What are the three to five takeaways that you can work on in your business as soon as you leave this session? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I'll be having this conversation with them throughout the whole thing. I'll be Googling stuff to answer questions that they have that I don't know the answer to. And sometimes that necessitates an email. So I'll, I'll be Googling it and like copying it into an email so that the things that they had, they were thinking of the aha moments, the holy craps, I could do that. Yeah. They all end up in an email at the end of the session. And all I have to do is just click send and they've got like their action points or their aha moments, yeah. whatever it is already just like lined up for them to start to take action on. Beautiful. And then I like to call it somatic business coaching, somatic being body. But also if you're familiar with like somatic breath work and other somatic body work, um, I do love to bring some of that in at the end of the session and have a a little meditation at the end of either gratitude meditation or trying to really cement the feeling of that either aha moment or that success or something that thrilled you or made you feel happy. And there's always a bodily sensation, right? There's like that emotion has a sensation that lives in the body. So my hope and my goal for my clients is that not only do they get the the great workout in and the strategy in, but they stop and take that time at the end of the session to actually feel the emotion 
in their body yes so that we start to rewire the nervous system and in the hard times they can start to come back to that feeling and eventually the hard times become less hard yeah everything starts to get rewired and that success mindset starts to come out and really just beef up and become your major I don't know way of functioning I love that you do this because I think that you know Uh, for me anyways, oftentimes when I'm working out, I'm getting ahas and I'm getting ideas. Like I'll be on my treadmill or I'll be on my bike. And all of a sudden I got these ideas coming. And so what you've done is you've married these two beautiful ideas of kind of like a mastermind, but also with your workout. So you're getting kind of a two for one deal here where you're getting some and you're getting your workout at the same time. And coming from one busy mom to another, it is like, Oh my God, where has this been? Yes, <laughs> you exactly, mean I can exactly it. You know, and and I I I don't want to take away from you know the topic of multitasking and us saying we don't want to multitask, but mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. believe that there is an opportunity, like you said, as you're working out, some of that creativity just comes and you're, you know, you're just doing the workout. And so that intuition can come and speak to us a little bit more as well, which I really love. So I think you've done a really brilliant job of trying to marry these together and and allow us to experience from you both sides of that. And then I love that you anchor into the body as well, because you really are teaching people to build a relationship to their body. And I want to speak to that because I think Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of disconnection happening right now. And you probably see this all the time, Courtney. And I know for me, one of the things that was occurring for me for a really long time is I resented my body because I was very sick Mm -hmm. growing up. And so I was chronically ill fibromyalgia, IBS, Raynaud's disease. Mm -hmm. Like I had a long list of these issues. Mm -hmm. And so I really was frustrated and I would express that frustration to my body and I'd be mad at my body. Geez, body, you're so weak. Come on. I got so much to get done. You know, it was kind of like, although that wasn't conscious, like that's what was happening for me. And so guess what happened? I stayed sick. Right. And so what you're doing um, is helping to shift people and really build a relationship with their physical body, recognize that they can honor and hold space for their physical body and therefore will receive other guidance and information once we start to tune into that. And the more I listen to my body, the more grateful my body is. And the more I, you know, at 40 years old, I'm in probably the best shape of my life. I feel the healthiest I've ever been. And it's because I chose to build a deeper relationship with my body. And so I really want to kind of drive that home today uh, for all the people that are, you know, talking ill speak about their body. And another image comes to mind as I'm speaking about it. You know, you've seen the studies they did on water, right? I think it's Dr. Fujimoto um, Mm. or Yakimoto. Anyway, three glasses (laughs) of water, something moto. Um, Sure, yes. (laughs) So three glasses of water. And with one water, they said, I love you, water. You're amazing. The middle water they left alone. And the other water, they said, I hate you. You're ugly. All these negative things. And so, of course, they studied the water over time. Yeah. Well, the water that they spoke kindly to was, you know, their, the crystalline formation was still perfect, very little bacteria. Of course, the water they spoke poorly to covered in bacteria, the crystalline formation was all out of whack. And so then my question is for you listening today, how much of you is water? 
And how are you talking to yourself? <laughs> because if you are speaking, oh, my butt's so big, or, you know, the negative self-speak, which we're so good at, we're impacting the formation of our cells, our structure, the water that exists within us. And then it can't do the job it is meant to do. And so I wanted to just bring that to the surface for people to really make sure that it's very clear the importance of allowing ourselves to lean into a relationship with our physical being, because it is through our physical being in which we can express our divinity. Mm. So I wanted to just sidetrack our conversation yeah. a little bit there. Oh, that's, I feel like that is not a sidetrack at all. That is so pertinent. And I mean, even scrolling through TikTok and Instagram reels and all those sorts of things. I did, I came across a mom whose teenager did an experiment very similar to that, except it was like grilled cheese or something. I don't even know. I don't know what it was. It was something weird. I was like, why? But she did. She had like these two containers and it was, one was love speak and one was hate speak. And you know, one stayed basically cold and the other one turned to mush. Wow. And I always sort of like wonder about those things, but yeah. I've also seen the, um, the tiers, the different tiers and the different shapes of the tiers. Ah, have you ever seen that one? Oh, like, I haven't. Like, little, like, like tears from our eyes. You mean? Yeah, like yeah. Uh, tears of joy versus oh, tears of anger versus oh, tears of sadness. Like wow. they also apparently have different, different structure. Yeah. Wow. See, isn't that right? interesting? I think. So cool. I, it is so cool. And I think that we forget that everything's energy, right? Like there's, yeah. there's so much more than meets the eye, right? Yeah. So Courtney, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of steer us in a little different direction now, because I want to hear a story when spirit called you, do you have a story when spirit mm -hmm. led you in a certain direction? And maybe it was really just you starting your own business. What happened in that time when spirit led you? Well, I want to say another really defining moment in my life, which I suppose <laughs> would, would fit this, um, is I, I would say at the time I didn't really have very much spirit. I was, I feel like my spirit was pretty well demolished yeah. for one reason or another. And then I got Lyme's disease to boot. And for a while, yeah, I just kind of like lived with it. I had gotten partially cared for by my GP, who then sent me to a specialist who didn't have time for me to be in existence. Mm. So it seemed and um, told me I was fine when I was like, I'm still having all of these symptoms and this yeah. that, and other thing. And I mean, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done things a lot differently, but yeah. I ended up on part, like a little bit of antibiotics and then no help and then no antibiotics. And then I ended up feeling so incredibly sick in the weirdest way that was like, I just didn't understand it. Like it wasn't like, I don't know, strep throat, you know, strep throat, I think it's the sickest feeling I've ever been. Mm -hmm. um, but this was different. This was like, you know, you feel like you have a fever, but you don't, you've got the sweats, you've got the chills, but your body's temperature is totally normal. Right. Um, you're in, on one hand, you feel like you could get up and go make dinner. On the other hand, you literally can't even open your eyes to get out of bed. Wow. On one hand, you know that the world is okay and it's a sunshine day and it's beautiful, but you are just so devastated. You just want to drive your car into a wall. 
Wow. And it was at that point where I was just like, oh my God, I've got my kids in the car. I can't, like, I'm not okay. My thought is like just to drive my car into a, into a building so I can have rest or so I can just not be here anymore. And I know that's not me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not me. And I, I didn't know what, I just had no idea what to do at that point. And I was really into obviously modern medicine at that time. But I actually grew up a Waldorf kid. I don't know if you know Waldorf school, but I grew up a Waldorf kid playing in the dirt and thinking that nobody could see us when we were in the woods, playing in somebody's junkyard scraps and having a great time foraging for treasures. Yes. And um, I think that was a huge, huge turning point for me. I was like, well, I went to my doctor and then I went to the specialist and then, and then nothing and then nothing and then nothing happened. And I had a friend reach out to me and send me some supplements and some essential oils samples. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put it in a drawer and I walked away for a couple months. <laughs> and then I came back and I was like, you know what? I'll open this one. This one, oh, fine. I'll just like open it and smell it. And it was wild orange oils, you know, the oh, yeah. line of the oil of the just, yeah. orange, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have ever peeled an orange or. I mean, I'm sure you have, or like opened a bottle of orange oil, but I challenge you to do that and be angry at the same time. Right? It's like impossible. <laughs> it's like impossible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I opened this bottle and I was like, oh, this feels better. Mm. And so I started diffusing it and I started patting my neck with it and I started putting it in my water. And anytime mm. that I sort of felt like I feel really angsty and upset and I don't really know why, I yeah. Guzzle and put it in my water. I would drink it. I would put it on me. I would diffuse it. Whatever I could do, and um, that was really a turning point for me. And then I was able to get my mind to a place where I could actually start doing my research. And for the longest time, I really was very modern medicine based. And then I just felt that that wasn't right. That wasn't this. This is not this doesn't make sense. Mm. I mean, I think, thank goodness we have it. It it is such a beautiful, wonderful thing to have. I would never want to take away, especially emergency medicine. Holy cow. Yes. Um, but I just, I was like, it was just an aha time and a, and a clarity time in a, in a time when I had absolutely no clarity whatsoever. Like I couldn't even, honestly, I think I couldn't count past four without forgetting where I was and having to restart again. Wow. Couldn't add, couldn't subtract, definitely wouldn't, don't ask me to divide because that's not, I've, I've only like recently, this is like seven years ago, I started dividing and multiplying in my head again, <laughs> just like <laughs> in the past year or so. And I, I know this doesn't maybe sound very spiritual yet, but it, it led me to seeing the world in a completely different way to introducing or reintroducing plant medicine and food in a completely mm-hmm. different, more holistic way to yeah. the point where actually a lot of my family either get angry at me when we're together <laughs> because I don't feed my children or myself certain things that they think are totally normal, like microwave mashed potatoes. Right. Um, it's totally normal to them. And to me, it's, you know, if you invite me over to dinner and you are making microwave mashed potatoes, <laughs> um, I won't not eat them (laughs) right Um, but but uh you know so 
it did, it sent me down this totally different path of healing. And that's when I started to realize, you know, even that story I told earlier, that that anger and frustration without letting it go in a dismissive way, you can hold space for people and separate your own emotion from it. So you can allow them to have a container where they can fall apart. Yes. But it doesn't soak into you. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I started very slowly to realize that, you know, mind, body, spirit, it really is connected. I started to see just so many more connections and see the energy in a different light and look at, I started to look at physical ailments and intellectual ailments I suppose you could say in a different way yeah where I was like all of a sudden this like veil was kind of come off and I could see things in a way that most other people aren't seeing them right now yeah an on and off client who is a young man and he is very lucky that he has very many advantages in this world but one of his disadvantages is that he had he suffered a a concussion um Mm. a pretty bad one yeah a few years ago and even though his mother is a therapist in my conversations with her he is telling me directly that he's feeling he's suffering from post-concussive syndrome still and that he's going through these things and he's not just being lazy he just really notices that something hurts his body or is stopping him and her reaction and her private conversation to me is oh, well, yeah, he's fine. His doctor said he's fine. It's just psychosomatic. Mm. And since this like, you know, veil had been lifted from, you know, modern medicine versus like non-traditional medicine, I was yeah. like, wait a minute, there's no such thing as just right. psychosomatic. <laughs> like, yeah. there, like, there's no separation between the mind, the emotions, the intellect, the body, the physical, there's no separation. Mm-hmm. If one is sick, the other becomes sick. Yeah. One can carry the other for a little bit of time, Yeah, but it's only a matter of time before the other crumbles. That's if it. you are chronically stressed because you've got a really terrible commute and you road rage, yeah. it's only a matter of time. I used to teach this in clinical. I used to teach a stress management classes yeah. where if you are stressing yourself out like that, yeah. you're going to end up with a heart attack. You're going to end yes. up with high blood pressure. You're going to end yeah. up with all of these things. Yeah. And so there's just, there's no such thing as psychosomatic. And I think that that, that really sad, unfortunate time in my life. And then, and then it was already not good. And then to get the lime on top of it and just like literally not be able to function for days, yeah. if not weeks. Yeah. Um, it, it led me down some really beautiful paths and put some really beautiful people yeah. um, in front of me, which just really changed everything. I remember the first time I was actually able to go hiking again and like almost wow. get up to the summit it was kind of far. So I still haven't went like three times the same. I still haven't made it up. Uh-huh. Um, but within our time constraints, I made it up. Yeah. You know? Well, there you go. And, you know? and, and you did it and you were able to do it, you know, and yeah. such gratitude. You know, I do believe that 
life happens for us. And you needed to go through that Lyme experience in order for the veil to be lifted, like you said, and for you to see yeah. another path. And thank goodness for wild orange, you know, had it not been <laughs> for that one little thing, you know, that that was a stepping stone. It was a spiritual yeah. breadcrumb, if you will. And it led you now to being in a position where you can have a deep layer of compassion for people and you can hold space for people. Um, so that they feel seen and heard. Because if I haven't learned a thing, it is about being seen and heard. And a lot of people are wanting to be seen and heard and oftentimes yeah. do not feel like that is the case. So, would, um, oh yeah. yeah, I would actually say that, well, yes, I am a personal trainer. Um, yes, I can help you with weight loss if that's your thing. Yes, I can help you get stronger. So you feel like you, whatever, if you want to visually look a certain way yeah. within your body's availability to do that. People don't really come to me for that though. People come to me basically for two, maybe three reasons. One, I'm in pain and nobody's been able to help me through that. Yeah. Two, I'm in pain or I, I know I need to get, I'm not in a good place. I need to physically need to get, get better, but I'm scared and I need a safe place. Yeah. I need somebody who's trauma conscious, conscientious yeah. and somebody who is going to keep me safe and not, yes, the body. I, yes, I have an extensive you know knowledge of that, but emotionally people come to me because they need to, they feel they need to be kept safe. Safe in yeah. that experience yeah so. so pain safety and i think there was a third oh pain safety and then you know and then the, and then the ones who want to be able to kill two birds with one <laughs> right that would be me yeah. yeah yeah and to your point before um you were saying you know not to the multitasking and it's funny because yes i will talk about it in terms of multitasking because it is but if you really think about it there's no way you can't do it right and really the person who's actually multitasking is me right not you right I get to multitask you just tell me the one thing that I need to do I love it I love that you so, get to do the exercise you get to focus on you you get to bubble up anything out of your mouth that comes exactly. I get to write it down and you're the one that has to do the hard work yeah well, I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> so Courtney, if you could give one takeaway for our listeners today, what would that be? What do they need to know aside from building relationship to their body? As I spoke to what's one thing that you would suggest to people who are maybe going through overwhelm or stress, or maybe they have pain in their body and maybe they don't feel safe. What's one thing you would want to say? I think the one thing, I think the most important thing is no matter where you feel like you are right now and no matter how you feel in this moment and no matter what injury or illness you might be suffering from, this is not your forever place. Mm. It's not your forever place. And for the most part, does not matter where you're starting from. There is always a way to help you start from where you are to get out of whatever frustration or hardship you're in. I think that's powerful. You know, my mom used to always say when I was feeling sick or struggling or suffering with some sort of heartache or whatever it might've been, she would say this too shall pass. This yes. too shall pass. And so, too. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, see there's synchronicity the right there. Yeah. My right. mom too. And so I think it's important for 
the audience to hear that message, to remind them that if they are in a bad spot, it is temporary. And there are people that have a desire to hear you, to see you, to help you as you go through that process. So we are here for you. And if you are one of those people and you want to reach out to Courtney, Courtney, how can they find you? Oh my gosh, you can find me so many places. You can email me if you want to get direct Hudson Valley Peak Performance at gmail.com, a little bit old school. Super easy. I'm also on Facebook, which is HB Peak Performance. But if you search me, it's Hudson Valley, you'll find me. And on Instagram at Hudson Valley Peak Performance. Hudson Valley Peak Performance. <laughs> okay, all the places. All the things. So just Google Hudson Valley just Google Peak me, Performance. <laughs> Hudson Valley Peak Performance.com. Oh, that's wonderful. Hudson oh Valley Peak Performance.com is the website, and you guys can have Adder. Courtney, it's been a joy. Thank you for sharing your heart with, with us today and, and speaking your truth around having those moments of feeling like you want to drive the car into the brick wall kind of thing. And I, I've been there um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure many of the listeners can relate to that. So I'm really, really glad that you shared that story and shared with all of us a bit of your wisdom and some of your backstory too. So thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone who's listening. And I can't wait to be with you again on When Spirit Calls. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.